Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, a curated streaming service showcasing exceptional films from around the globe. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today, we have Bill Graham. It's definitely the little things, like it's the being a two-hour movie. <laughs> two hours and seven minutes. Um, I'll take it. I'll take it. When the, the, literally when we said, like, we're going to do the little things, the first thought in my head was, well, clearly I have to have that stupid Good Charlotte song up front. <laughs> um, I may be incorrect about this, but I think one of those guys went to my first high school. So, <laughs> hometown heroes. Very Michael Snydell. <laughs> Michael Snydell's not here. Um, he hilariously bought way too many tickets to Sundance. He got excited. <laughs> In the Slack channel uh, that you can become a part of by becoming a patron of this uh, hey. show by going to patreon.com slash filmstage show, um, he he literally said something along the lines of, I got so used to not being able to get things trying to get a PS5 that when it turned out I could get things, I way overcorrected. Um, <laughs> so he's not here. He is snowed under uh, with Sundance screenings. Um, in the spirit of the Sundance season, a uh, giant snowstorm is sweeping through the eastern half of the country. So he's probably actually snowed under actual snow, too. But in his place, we have the one, the only, Connor O'Donnell. Hey, everybody. What is up? Uh, not much, not much. As you mentioned, snows have fallen. Uh, and I, fun fact, I turn off the heater in my office when I record because it makes too much noise. So <laughs> it's pretty cold, too, in here. But it's it's fine. As as you said, it is the little things. But uh, <laughs> but thank thank you for having me. Ah, thank you so much for being here. Would you like to like introduce yourself to the the folks at home who may not know who you are? Sure, sure. So uh, I do the occasional writing for the film stage, and uh, with Dan Mecca, who co-founded the film stage, I co-host and produce a uh, film stage podcast called The B Side, where we talk about movie stars and movie directors and things, and and not the movies that made them famous or kept them famous, but the ones they made in between so this movie actually uh fits to me it's it's like right up the b-side alley it's the kind of movie they don't make anymore so it i feel like i feel like a lot of what we wind up covering is like is like these uh you know we wind up covering like 90s thrillers that everybody forgot then this this feels not in a bad way but it feels right in that uh in that vein yeah uh Absolutely. <laughs> it's, this is if yeah, I don't have you all done Denzel Washington yet? We have, yeah. What did we talk? We talked about um we I think we did kind of a big episode on him I mean, for obvious have reasons. To. The man yeah, has been yeah. around for so long and has done so many he, things that could be called his B sides. Yeah, yeah, we did um C sides. Yeah, we did Mississippi Masala. We did um Oh God, I'm blanking on it. Now we did a bunch. We actually, it's funny. We did Dan and I often talk about him being the ones that will go back and maybe do like a part two on, you know, just cause like a lot of those people, like they just have such long careers that, you know, like we didn't talk about fallen 
you know like oh my god like we, you have to have like, me on but like we probably to talk about fallen you, you need to talk? have me on just to talk about fallen <laughs> i love fallen so uh, much i have is, a soft, is that the I one have, with like that famous line from the trailer like you'll never catch me or something like that I don't. Think I so. don't know about that. I. It's the one with a significant use of the song. Time uh, is almost out, and okay. John Goodman is all sinister looking. And uh, dude, there's a sequence in that movie where the the, the spoilers for Fallen. There's a demon. Uh, the demon is hopping between people, and they're all just singing different parts of that song. And yes, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. like that movie is not great, but it is so good. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, and I, I think uh, even oh no, no, this is not what I was thinking. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> a lot of the movies of his that even feel like in that vein, like another one we actually didn't talk about, so we would have to cover is um, Out of Time, also the Carl Franklin movie. Yep. Yeah, which is a dope movie, and like again, like you know, in the grand scheme of like Denzel career, maybe not obviously like his primo work, but um, but still. Still great. Oh, Ricochet was another one that we definitely covered. I don't know if you guys seen Ricochet. I have not. No. Oh man, Ricochet is <laughs> bananas. John Lithgow plays like this crazy serial killer, but I don't know if he's a serial killer. Definitely like a maniac bad guy, and he's going like full Lithgow. Oh, um, I love it when he goes full Lithgow. Yeah, you should. Uh, yeah, Russell Mulcahy, I believe, directed Ricochet, and it's just uh, it's like early Denzel, very, uh, very just schlocky fun movie. I big recommend on that. And if uh, anyone needs, you know, a, a li- like a, an episode that will ease them into the B side, like if you're going to miss me too much listening to any other podcasts, I've been on twice. Yes. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. And we've had Bill on. I think we've yep. had all three of you on at some point. Yes. So you, yes. Yeah. yeah. Brian, you were on our Colin Farrell episode and our Jet Lee episode. And then Hell Bill yeah. Bill actually is on, I think, one of our most listened to episodes. Not to uh, Yeah. Uh the Sorcia Ronan episode. What a bizarre <laughs> It's yeah, it's it's a weird one. Like it's, I think it's second only to the Robert Pattinson one, which makes a lot of sense, obviously, right. like th- that one. But uh, yeah, people for some reason they love that Sorcia Ronan episode. I always, I guess say, the like, X Factor must be Bill, obviously. Ob- clearly, <laughs> I mean. Th- so yeah. the thing is, I always say like Robert Pattinson. You know, whatever you want to say about Twilight or whatever. I when I had my own website where I would like write five reviews a week. One of the most re- read reviews that I ever wrote was of the Rover. This oh. crazy post-apocalyptic yeah, yeah. Australian film starring he's, Guy he's Pierce. Yeah, and then Robert Pattinson did it. And and the R Pats army just found it because I was mm-hmm. effusive about how good the movie was and how good he was. And they were like, <laughs> I loved this movie. Other people didn't. This review is so great. I love it. And I was just like, I can't be mad at him because he got a bunch of teenage girls yeah. to watch the goddamn <laughs> rover, apparently. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a, I, I, I dig that. We, we didn't cover that movie actually, which is a little weird. We probably should have, but, um, yeah, I like the Rover. Yeah. Anyway, Denzel. Yes. Uh, it is, it is in fact, Denzebruary. Um, so we are here (laughs) to talk about, uh, Denzel Washington's newest thriller, uh, the little things, which released in theaters and on HBO max simultaneously, um, this movie co-stars Rami Malek and Jared Leto. 
uh, along with like half the cast of The Wire, and uh, is written right. directed by John Lee Hancock, who has done uh, the B side, no, the Blind Side. <laughs> uh, that's a uh, that's close though. Uh, he also <laughs> did uh, the Highwaymen, uh, the founder saving Mr. Banks, and um, what the Alamo Al- and the Rookie. Yeah, weird weird yeah. filmography. We're gonna. Yeah, I don't know if we're all going to have like a lot of great things to say about this movie, but we, there is a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would that. agree. It's it's an interesting, uh, and I couldn't find too much on its sort of production history, but what I could find, I ha- I just in my own brain started to make theories, like just in terms of like <laughs> how, how this movie, like this movie's journey, basically. Yeah. Um, because it, 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 it I guess essentially is something that he wrote in the early nineties yes, and then tried to get I made. Found. Yeah. Many, many times over and essentially decided like, fuck it, I'm just going to do it myself. Um, and so I, we could talk about the movie first, but I have a feeling I have a couple thoughts in terms of like why it probably didn't get made, but we, we um, need to, we need to talk about one, one little thing though, that oh, a know, little thing, Bill. It, it, Oh, oh the uh, little, only, not all the little do, things, just one little I thing. I didn't do that on purpose. That's wild. Uh, anyways, um, we do have to talk about one thing that's sitting here in Wikipedia in front of me, and that's that Danny DeVito at one point was also attached to direct this. Uh, does raise your hand if if you knew Danny DeVito directed anything? Yeah, didn't he do Throw Him Off? Yeah, he's dir- what are you talking Smoochie? about? He's directed like a million amazing things. He's he, yeah, he he directed Throw Mama from the train as you mentioned death to smoochie he directed matilda mm-hmm. he directed war of the roses which is a super fun uh like kind of super dark uh comedy uh with uh okay. yeah yeah and so if you have not seen dan watch danny devito's filmography Holy check it out he's he's, now here's he's the... actually quite a good director yeah i i believe that he's he, got a lot he's a director but yeah. i just i don't see how this would fit into his filmography but we can talk about that first of all we gotta we gotta do our front matter so uh follow us on the twitter at film stage show facebook the film stage show uh, give us an email, podcastfilmstage.com. And of course, comment and rating on iTunes is very helpful for helping people to find us and to uh, boosting our self-esteem. Don't forget <laughs> to become a patron by going to patreon.com slash show. And um, of course, don't forget that we are brought to you by Mubi, the curated streaming service showcasing exceptional films from around the globe. Every day, Mubi premieres a new film hand-selected by their just artisan curators whether it's a timeless classic, a cult favorite, or an acclaimed masterpiece, it's guaranteed to either be a movie you've been dying to see or one you've never heard of before. And there's always something new to discover. There's a bunch of great stuff on there now. Um, I won't. I, I didn't like it, but a lot of people liked Martin Eden, and it's having an exclusive run on movie right now. So if you uh, if you heard our episode and it sounded interesting to you, you should check it out. Um, do it. Do it right now. They also have enormous. Uh, French director Sophia Latournier, I think, <laughs> strikes again with her refreshingly madcap outlook on couple dynamics and the misconceptions surrounding maternalism. With uproarious humor and documentary segments shot in hospitals, this irreverent comedy subverts gender roles and breaks taboos around pregnancy. So check that out. Um, they also have a Horoski series that is continuing. It's coming to a close with his latest, Psychomagic, A Healing Art. 
I will not even read the description because that <laughs> title is cool enough on its own. So if you're interested, if you would like to see what is coming up on Mubi and check it out for yourself, all you got to do is go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Again, that is mubi.com slash filmstage. Oh, I just realized that uh, the, a most wanted man is coming up on there, too. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Anton Shorben's Absorbing Web of Deception, supported by a stack cast that includes Philip Seymour Hoffman, Rachel McAdams, Will Defoe. R.I.P., yeah. Yeah, and it's based on a John le Carré novel, so R.I.P. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of dead people involved in this. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, speaking of dead people, we got a movie that's got chock full of dead people. Uh, before we Chock-a-block. Get into it, um, COVID corner updates. Um, life is as it has been. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I am so exhausted. I gotta just like point out, I am exhausted as hell today. If you have ever tried being a single father with like two jobs and then there's a snow day, like I remember when snow days were like, I'm going to just buy like one of those crates of, uh, pizza bagels and I'm not going to get out of my right. pajamas and I'm going to yeah. get drunk. And play video games all day. That is not how it works anymore. I still had to go to the distillery. I had my daughter who it's snowing out and she is just, it's like the snow gives her power. I was outside so much today. I didn't, I didn't even row today, but my body is aching from the amount of physical stuff that I've done. So um, I'm going to be a little punchy, but I think honestly that that energy is going to serve me well uh for talking about the little things but uh code corner general life updates how's everyone doing bill you had a problem with your dog today she doing better yeah yeah my dog decided that uh on top of having surgery uh she got spayed and uh on top of that she got spayed on tuesday on top of that she decided today while she was in the uh kennel while erica was working out and i was playing video games in the computer room um she decided to swallow her collar, which was attached to her new inflatable uh, head uh, restraint unit because she had already chewed on her plastic cone of shame that she got from the doctor's office. This dog is incredible. This dog is like having a superhero origin story right now. This dog cannot be contained. (laughs) it's uh it's pretty fucking wild that we are able to actually contain her in a uh a kennel that doesn't have like very good locking mechanisms the the little dog letty uh the french bulldog she is she has a little bit of like a let uh locking mechanism on her kennel cage but olive the uh large black lab does not and for some reason she's just like ah okay you put me in the cage, I'm going to stay in the cage. You know, what's, and so, you know what's funny is that when you told us about this on the Slack, I was like, you know, I can't, I, I don't know what happened to my dog's collar. Literally mm-hmm. came home one day and it was gone. I don't know. Uh, she's never slipped out of it before. And the second you wrote that, I was like, oh Christ, did she eat it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that, is a, that, that is a thing I've never heard of before. Right. I was like, why would that <laughs> yeah. even cross my like, mind? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's our dog, but yeah, she, uh, she's, she's gone. She's done a lot this week. Um, we are, we are tired at this point. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been an interesting day. So yeah, we had to rush her to the emergency room. Um, just simply because we didn't know 
Um, if she had swallowed it whole, if she had swallowed it in pieces, we would be okay. Maybe like, eh, you know, but, uh, swallowing it whole means there's, you know, five, six inches of material that her body now has to contend with. Um, thankfully she didn't swallow the buckle. She, uh, chewed that (laughs) and spit that out at some point. She also did not swallow her tags. I guess she chewed on those and decided that those were not tasty. Um, But but as any person who's ever starved in the Andes can tell you, you eat the belt, you don't eat the buckle. (laughs) Well, you know, it's not a, it's not a leather belt either. So it's, 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 uh, it's just nylon material. It, it's funny because the uh, the vet, when they uh, decided, you know, okay, let's uh, go ahead and induce vomiting and uh, see what we get up. Oh, look at this. We have all sorts of little chunks of the <laughs> collar. And she was like, we're, we're going to, you know, I, I was on the phone because of the COVID protocols and everything like that. She's telling this over the phone. And she was like, you know, uh, we're, we're going to bag it up and uh show it to you and oh, i was good. like i was like mm, okay i do kind of want to see what happened with this but uh then the uh lovely assistant uh whoever it was i don't know if she's a nurse i don't know i don't i think they're usually called nurse? like technicians like vet techs okay, yeah. yeah vet techs uh she she brought it out in a bag and she was like here's here's the parts <laughs> i was like excellent and she was like do you want this and i was like no i do not <laughs> you may you take that back that. I um I just I I had this thought of like okay so there's the collar but there's also a boot there's a license plate (laughs) basically like when it was funny I I was thinking is your vet Matt Hooper from Jaws that's exactly what what I was thinking the Jaws thing it it was funny because the uh the vet also said uh we found pieces of plastic and we also found uh. A, a twig and some grass and i was like yes this is this, <laughs> this is all it <laughs> oh man uh, connor what about yourself how's life oh it's fine you know i don't know it's pandemic fine right like it's it's, it's cool i'm i'm employed and 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 you know my wife and i are just getting through it one day at a time um i made swedish meatballs for dinner so that was oh, nice, nice. You nice. know, a little cozy snowstorm, uh, snowstorm meal, but Snowst- yeah, my snowstorm meal was my daughter and I made homemade pizza together. Oh, that's nice. Yes. I, I like got a stand mixer for Christmas and a friend got me a book on how to make pizzas and I'm like, there you go. So you got a pizza you- that like once a week. You, oh yeah. You, you yeah, doing like bill. different recipe oh. every time. Like, you know, I'm like refining my dough recipe today. I, <laughs> I, I did like a tomato sauce, not from scratch. Cause I, I didn't like crush and peel my own tomatoes, but like, I didn't just use like a jarred sauce. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I didn't make like a cooked marinara sauce on the pizza. Like I took raw crushed tomatoes added a little bit of spices and put it on Ooh, um i added you. some pecorino romano on top of the 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 mozzarella oh oh guys it was so good you guys wish you had this pizza <laughs> when we release this episode i will uh tweet out a picture of the pizza that i made <laughs> and i'll so, also tweet so, out a picture uh, of the pizza my daughter made relevant question here uh you know concerning the little things as well uh how do you eat your pizza do you fold it do you okay. this is a weird way to get into the movie squares. starting off but i i do fold my pizza i you know, do the as pizzas, well yeah the pizzas i make in my house are usually like 
they're small. They're like personal size. Well, so you green book the pizzas in your house. You fold the oh, yeah. whole thing. I, the whole damn pizza, and, you, and I just shot yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but no, it's the, in this movie. Like the the one moment where I was like, oh, that's that's an observation is when she says like he's from the east. He folds a slice, and I was like, you're goddamn right, we do. I thought that what's now I could be wrong. I don't think that actually winds up going anywhere. Okay. Nope. We, but, but I, <laughs> but I don't want to like get ahead or spoil anything, but I remember at the time thinking like, Oh, that's a cool little object. Like that's a cool little thing to like use as a clue that I like would never think of. We haven't even like jumped. We haven't even played the trailer yet, but I'll just say like, you know what? No, I'm going to hold off because this isn't something I'm going to forget. This is like a major point that I'm going to make. Okay, sure, sure. So, so I guess let's get into it, and then we. Yeah, can, absolutely. Yeah. We weirdly enough, we seem to be champing at the bit to talk about the little things. So let's <laughs> let's do it. Uh, the newest film. Talk about the big things of the little things. Yes, the big picture, the minute details of the little things. Again, John Lee Hancock, writer director, starring Denzel Washington and uh, Remy Malek and Jared Leto. Uh, this movie is now available on HBO Max, so uh, you can check it out. Uh, here is the trailer. You're not exactly a department favorite. Things probably changed a lot since you left. You still got to catch him, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that much has changed then, right? <laughs> I can assure you all we are taking a 24-7 all-hands-on-deck approach to these cases. Guy's a shark. If he stops, he dies. He likes to drive. Probably has a decent car, maybe two. High mileage. He must really like my car. I do. All right. So that is uh, part of the trailer for The Little Things. Thriller that is out now. Um, We'll talk about it uh, the same way we talk about everything here. Uh, First, we'll have our nutshell thoughts, and then we'll move into spoilers. And um, let's, let's get it rolling. Connor, what are your basic thoughts on The Little Things? Uh, I basically liked it. I have obviously, I have some reservations, but, um, I think on a, on a basic level, I found this movie oddly comforting sort of for reasons I alluded (laughs) to before. I think it just, it feels like a, a throwback thriller from like 1995 and this, I mean, you'll see this all over Twitter too. Like, I think this is kind of the general consensus of the movie as, as far as that goes. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a, um, it feels like a, a nice sort of comforting throwbacky thriller. So just on the sheer fact alone that movies like this don't get made anymore, it already kind of gets, I think a couple points in my book. Um, I think where it winds up is, is something that, like I said before, kind of leads me into some theories as to why this didn't get made at the time of its writing. Um, but I'll save that part for later, but I, I I'll say this. I basically liked it. All right, Bill Graham. Yeah, so I had some friends that had seen this movie ahead of time. Uh, as soon as it basically released, they they watched it because you know it's got Jared Leto, it's got Denzel Washington, it's got Rami Malek. Like, yeah, it's it's a big cast, and it's January still right now. Um, and so you know, why wouldn't people want to kind of check this out? Right. It seems, seems like it's got a lot going for it. And, uh, they pretty much flat out were like, this is really bad. It's edited to shit. And it feels like, you know, three or four films kind of smashed together. Uh, my thoughts are kind of similar to that. Um, I think it is smashed together. It feels like 
at least early on, it feels like it's been edited quite a bit um, in kind of its groundwork and things like that. Uh, I think it does settle into a rhythm and ultimately it gives me a a conclusion that I feel is not satisfying for any of uh, – not satisfying. Um, I'll, I'll say that for right now. Um, but – I am not mad about watching the movie. Oddly, like, I don't know. I, I think this is definitely one of those films where I, I, my immediate instinct was I need to watch and read a bunch of reviews or listen to a bunch of reviews of this and see what other people are kind of mulling over. But I feel like I was unsatisfied and yet I didn't feel like I wasted two hours. And part of that may be just simply how good the acting kind of is. Um, I, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I thought. So I, I'm going to, I get, I'm probably going to be the most negative person here. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't hate it, but like, yeah, it's definitely goddamn disappointing. And um, I think Rami Malek should never be allowed within a thousand feet of a motion picture camera ever again. <laughs> <laughs> he, he gives a better performance in Larry crown than he does in this movie. Like it's, <laughs> it's astonishing how bad he is and how much that that torpedoes almost every aspect of this movie um, that doesn't involve Denzel Washington acting alone. Uh, I didn't walk into this movie expecting for like Jared Leto to beat out Rami Malek so handily, (laughs) but I guess I should have because like at least Leto's doing a thing. Yeah, Yeah. I agree with that. Like I don't, I don't have any huge, love for Rami Malek, but I also don't like, you know, I don't know. He's, he's not one of my guys, right? He's not just somebody I watch that I'm like, Hmm, what's he right. going to do you next? Were on, right? and if I, you were on the WTF with Mark Marin and he asked who your guys were, you would not say Rami Malek. Yeah. Yeah. He's just not like, like for instance, and it's, I don't want to compare them cause they're not that even that necessarily that similar as actors, but I kept trying to think like, because I didn't, he wasn't so bad in this role. I thought that he was like super distracting to me or whatever, but I definitely couldn't help, but like think like, Oh, who would I like rather see? Right. And I don't know if they were going for like, I don't know if he's supposed to be David Mills or if he's supposed to be like detective Loki from prisoners. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I, I had a hard time kind of like navigating like, Oh, does John Lee Hancock want this to be like, a good but weird detective like Jake Chillenhall and prisoners, or yeah. does he want him to be like, and I think that's also just Rami Malek's like air. Right. And it's something, sure. it's something he uses to great effect in Mr. Robot. Like, <laughs> like, so it's not even, again, I'm not even trying to like, you know, dunk on him too much necessarily, but it's just, he feels, I'd be curious to see what the, impetus for the character was because to me he feels woefully miscast right he should be a he should be like scrubbed clean like junior g-man mr all-america and instead he should be be john david washington is who he should be like i don't know or like you know like just like somebody yeah who like comes off as just and even and even if you wanted the weirdness, right? Even if that was they the angle that Pattinson you're going for, or something, that, that's exactly yeah, that's exactly my point. Like they're just better actors 
who can who can do it i who, think frankly Chris evans who, would have been good who, in this. who haven't won oscars and probably aren't as expensive honestly right you're, i mean if we're coming down to brass tacks about it but like yeah i i think he's just kind of i don't even know I, again i i don't want to dunk on him too much because i don't even know if it's really his fault he just feels kind of super miscast and like if oh if God, i'm yeah, him why would I ever say no to, Hey, we're Denzel Washington is leading a thriller where you get to play the hotshot detective. Like you say yes to that, right? Like there's no, but then there's no two ways like, about it. You know, you would maybe like try to be a good actor. Like I, there's just never a moment <laughs> in this movie that I feel like he was like attempting to be good. Like that's how bad his performance is, I, is that like I'm watching it. And I'm like, <laughs> you can't even pick up a goddamn phone correctly. Put a little backbone in it, you stupid. Like, I was mad at him every time he ruined a scene. It was, and, ugh, like, it's so bad. I hate it so it, much. It, it, it just, to me, it, there seems to be, like, a huge disconnect only because he's he feels written as a stereotypical hotshot detective, right? right but like, it's like he's he, fighting against that, but he should be leading yeah. into it. Like, he doesn't yeah. even... He, Every time he calls like Denzel Washington, like Columbo or Kojak, I'm just like, I don't believe that you've this... never watched an episode of Columbo. Right, you have no life. concept <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. of the, the what you're yeah. saying. Like, you're yeah. not. It's not even like something that you heard your dad talk about, and so you just know it's old man shit. Like you've never heard the words yeah. Kojak or Columbo spoken before, you know. And just like yeah. this movie suffers a lot from that, and I think it's probably writing and directing. Though again, you, like Denzel Washington making a meal out of it he makes every moment well but that's also that feel well that's also like the pure white hot power of denzel right like that's not that's like that's him i mean like we kind of talked about like fallen is enjoyable because it's denzel right like you you have plenty of movies that are that are that ride on the sheer charisma of denzel washington that are would be worth no one else's time and frankly might not even be worth his time but like only he because he's our probably our like greatest living american movie star maybe greatest living american actor depending on who you talk to right oh absolutely yeah I mean, you know, there, was, like, there was a podcast well, called Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time, period. And I, like I no, first saw it, the title of that and I was like, nope, that scans. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, to me. no, it's like it's an easy it's it's a very easy argument to make. Right. Like yeah. and so I think even him in something like this, he's he I mean, I mean, again, and because he's Denzel Washington, like he's not sleeping on the job. He's not phoning it in like he's giving a, a good performance. And I I think it it's a testament to him and how far that goes that I still enjoyed this movie. Cause I basically agree with you on Malik. I just, I, you know, I, he just didn't like derail the movie for me, oh my you know, God. cause it like was distracting I, I, <laughs> it's, is it because he looks like Gollum? <laughs> there, I, you know, I hate to be the guy who's like the physical aspect of this human being is unappealing to me. But like that's the thing. I've seen him in stuff where I've been like, oh yeah, like the master. He's good in the master. Right, I used to yeah. like him. He was in some stupid goddamn like three camera sitcom. And I remember thinking, like, oh, he's pretty good. Like, I kinda like him. Like he he seems like a fun guy. Like, you know, that he I could see him being a thing. Um Of course, now that I'm looking at that, I'm like, is it the war at home? It might have been the war at home. 
Interesting. With Michael Rappaport? I don't I have no recollection oh, of seeing this. Yeah. He's uh. he's Kenny. He's I think he's like an he's like an annoying oh, best Kenny, friend famed, of the famed character Kenny. Yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> he's the he's he is first build after all of the people whose last name is Gold, and so I assume that they are the family. Right, right, right. And then he, I think, yeah, he's he's like a, I think he's like a, a jerk friend who shows up every now and then. But I remember him being, a, and I was like, oh yeah, I get it, I understand. Like I said, he's good in the Master. He's apparently in Ain't Them Body Saints, a movie that I love and have no memory of him being in. Um, he's an old. Boy. Yeah, he's had kind of a long. He's had kind of a longer career than you might yeah. think. Right, because he. Pops. I think it's. I, I think it's also because he. Yeah, it's because he pops. Kind of, I think relatively recently like him winning the oscar felt like uh oh but this dude just started didn't he like you know um i feel like mr robot was his was his thing like where yeah yeah. it's big coming out for sure yeah but so i mean he's just i I remember him in this pacific and some other things way earlier i have i'll say this he's I, and I mean, I don't know you, you, you gentlemen and maybe you out there listener can take this for what you will He's better in this movie than he is in Bohemian Rhapsody, which he won <laughs> top honors for. Like, I, you know, so I have not I, seen that movie, and thus I have no opinion. But I, I pointedly, in fact, I listened to an episode of this podcast. I think it was our Vice episode. For some mm-hmm. reason, I was like, I want to listen to an episode where we all hated a movie, and. <laughs> We were talking about like, you know, just inside baseball screener stuff. And I think someone said something about Bohemian Rhapsody. And I was like, I have been given two copies of that and I will not watch them. I could accidentally (laughs) eat one and I would still have another copy (laughs) and I still won't watch it. It's a toughie. It's a toughie. Um, That I'll say this, that movie might be and I'm by no means like an Oscar trivia expert. So I'd, I'm, I'm saying this sort of half off the cuff, Mm -hmm. but at least in recent memory, it might be the largest disparity for me between like somebody winning an award for the quality of their performance. Like where just like (laughs) that movie and that performance to me are like kind of abominations. And the fact that they like found their fat, he found his way to best actor for that which is sort of a bummer because i feel like it's sort of now colored my opinion a little bit where i'm like oh that fucking guy like which like <laughs> is not is not sure. fair to him at all obviously as an actor right so but, like uh, again i you know he's 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 got a look on his face i don't want to say that that's like the reason that i didn't like him i think that when he speaks when he moves when anything happens in this movie i'm just like that is not a human giving this performance <laughs> This is a he is he is perhaps a a robot or a Mister Robot or he is like uh, a poorly, you know, algorithmed CG creation. <laughs> like it's just, <laughs> it just makes no sense. And again, I don't know, I don't know if it's bad as all that, but I do fully understand what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and and for the arc of the character, I'm just like, yeah, you need someone who 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 is acting like. Again, like you know, like the varsity football captain for the first. Well, part that of the movie. he doesn't feel because the whole crux of this movie, right, is mm-hmm. like how potentially dehumanizing being a homicide detective can be, right? And in the right. in the sense of just desensitizing that kind of stuff and 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 swallowing you up, right? And now. 
it's a little weird because it feels like the kind of thing thematically that would have totally played better in like 95 as opposed to after seeing a whole series called true detective. That's about that <laughs> exact thing. Right. Like, yeah. so, and that's not again, it's not the movie's fault. It, it just is what it is. It's fine. Um, but it, it, to your point, Brian, like it works better if he feels human and normal and whatever. And I just like Rami Malek doesn't feel like a relatable dude. He feels, he, and that's why the prisoners, not, not the way he's mind. acting, not the way. Yeah. He's, yeah. He, no, he no. feels like he's playing it as a dude who could convincibly go crazy, which I can appreciate because the there is that element. Right. I, I spent where, most of the movie being like, he's, he's the guy, right? He's killing these. <laughs> well, and I, maybe that's an angle that they're trying to play, which I can totally appreciate. And in that case, it's very good casting in terms of like, he definitely reads and performs as a guy who maybe is like already losing his mind a little bit or whatever. Right. Yeah, no, and I can appreciate I mean, for it this- just doesn't read emotionally when, when he's actually conf- like brought into conflict with like, Oh, I might lose my mind and my soul to this job. Right. Like, Cause it's like, you already yeah. don't have a soul and your mind is nothing but circuitry that was yeah. poorly wired. Like there's <laughs> it's, it's again, you, you need someone who comes up front and reads as like, you know, a captain America type, like Chris Evans, again, I say would be good at like, you know, just sure. walks up sparkle in his eye. Like there's a point where in this movie, and we haven't even talked about the plot. There's a bunch of dead women and these guys are trying to figure out who did it. Um, yeah, it's very, I mean, I, I guess I'll say. Also, as, it takes as place as in as 1990. Yes. <laughs> it yes. took me forever 19, to realize that. <laughs> 1990 LA, um, which I think is smart. I mean, I think there are a lot of things that if I'm John Lee Hancock and I write this thing and it, he clearly didn't change anything, right? Like no. you write it in the nineties. He, he, I mean, maybe he polished it. I don't, I have no it's idea, but like general, it's great. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, and what I appreciate about it is like there, you know, there are scenes that are allowed some tension because there aren't cell phones. Right. So like, yeah, that's yeah. the type of stuff that I appreciate in movies like this where you're like, Oh yeah, that would be, I forgot about that how hard that would be. Right. Like right, using a like police where, call box know, and right. And you know, Denzel walks away for two seconds and you're like, and, and, and you know, if it was set now, you'd be like, well, he could just text Denzel yeah, text and let him know where he's going or whatever. <laughs> but like, instead you're like, well, he can't do that. So now we're just, anyway, anyway, I can appreciate all that. And I can appreciate how that helps with the genre and whatnot. But yeah, it's, it's a little strange in terms of, it comes out like if it were to come out in 95 or right around there, the big problem with this movie obviously is seven. Yes. Right. Like, because and, and it's, that's, that's automatically like the touchstone that a lot of people have kind of, right. You know, Cause it's like old in. cop, young cop. Yeah. Yeah. And the, but the, the difference is like, seven is i mean aside from the difference in the quality of film right like john lee hancock is not david fincher obviously so whatever but even that aside right john lee hancock i you know i'm i i would i would almost dare say this might be his best movie like if i'm being honest like the rookie is fine i i I suppose but like you know if if i'm weighing this against every other movie he's made it's it's probably his best one that said it's not as hyper stylized as something like seven. It doesn't obviously have 
And I don't think it aims for any of the twisty gut punches that seven pulls. Right. So it it doesn't have that on its mind, but it definitely has, I, I think it definitely has some of that flair where it's, it's trying to be this very mysterious thing. It's trying to be this very dark and kind of demented thing. Right. Um, and it's pushing those boundaries. I mean, this film is not necessarily, I guess, it has violence that is shown, but it's all post. But yeah. I mean, it is it is very full frontal about like the violence that it is showing. Like there there is a lot of blood and gore in this film. Um, there's a lot of dead bodies um, that you know, uh, not necessarily autopsy sequences, but like literally like just bodies strewn in crime scenes that are naked mm-hmm. and. So it is going for a little bit of that knife tourney. And like I was mentioning, like it does have that kind of look and feel kind of of a Fincher quality film where it's very dark and it and it likes to show bright neon colors and things like that. Like it's it's about that kind of mystique. It's just doesn't have that twisty nature kind of built on top of it as well. But even but even in, in its look and its quality and again. Again, I'm I'm not even trying to compare them as a knock against this movie. It just to me reads as an explanation where like if you're John Lee Hancock and you're trying to get this movie made throughout the 90s and then seven comes out, I can imagine every producer slash studio in the world is like, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, yeah. it's like yeah. by comparison, it's like boring seven. Right. Because right? you're not going to get the big guys to do it. And the people who will do it will be like, but can we make it more like seven? <laughs> can it be raining no, 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 all the right, time? Right. It's like, uh, it, it's ex- L.A. Exactly. And and I I so I sort of do appreciate if if we are comparing the two I do appreciate how sort of reserved this feels by comparison at least in the way that it's shot and the way even though like like you said Bill like obviously it's still it's not shying away from the grisly nature of what the movie's about but it is shot very like warmly mm-hmm. very, like it's shot like it, it's shot like the Blind Side like it's shot like <laughs> you know like it's got like this almost golden touch to it uh whatever you want to call it and it's got the Tom, you know it's got the thomas newman score as opposed to uh nine inch nails at its at in its credits right like so it automatically kind of has this different vibe to it again all of which i like well enough i think the big problem is that where it lands when you get into the the nitty-gritty of like Denzel basically mentoring Rami Malek to try and not make the same sort of decisions that he made. I okay, think but like, it is he like what what is he teach like there's fuck no no well that Again, okay, I'm gonna sound so negative on this movie that I just like <laughs> no, 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 had an that, okay that, time with yeah the the ending of this movie is a whole nother thing but even beyond just, the ending like like just like the, the movie is called the little things and like 14 times denzel washington's mm-hmm. like it's the little things that matter it's the little things that get you caught i'm not even trying to do a denzel impression i went for like yeah. a 1930s radio announcer um <laughs> but like and like we talked about like the folding the pizza what was her last meal 
None of that fucking matters. It does, None of yeah, it. Yeah. All, we, of, we, it, we need, all of this we need bullshit about the sports. little things, and it's like yeah, every little thing I, we learn is not necessary. It's so I annoying. Think we need to dive in. I think we need to dive into spoilers if we're gonna really like. Oh, we're, we have to. Yes, parse it out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, my general opinion, which I said was, which I said was like not like visceral hatred, but like not super positive. Um. I, I the you could tell by my outbursts. Yeah, I, was I don't have a lot that's are nice. You, are to we say. sure it's not visceral hatred? I don't know. I don't think I can fully hate a Denzel Washington movie, but they're sure. like it sucks that <laughs> what he's doing is is trapped in this movie that I think I just I continuously throughout this entire movie felt what Hancock as writer and director wanted to do and felt the ways it was failing, and it became like an itch under my skin to watch this movie fail so hard. And to see Denzel Washington trying so hard to, through sheer force of will, drag it towards what he knew it wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's annoying. But anyway, so the, yeah, well, let's, uh, let's get to spoilers. Uh, it's on HBO Max. Uh, go, go watch it, I guess, if you feel like it. It's, it's free if you've already got HBO Max. So that's it's nice. two hours. It is, it is two hours. It is a long yeah. movie. Um, I was not expecting that. When I sat down last night, I was like, I'm totally going to still have time to roam my, uh, my erg because it uh it's got to be like an hour and a half right it didn't feel too long to me though that it is felt a like an damnable lie it felt like an no no it felt to me it felt like it belonged i feel like a movie like this belongs at two hours which to me is like the probably the max any movie should be unless like you've hey. got the confidence of of david lean um but yeah how um, long was prisoners prisoners was two and a half hours and prisoners yeah, felt we, like 40 percent shorter than this movie shorter <laughs> well and again that's that's i think because you're comparing denis Villeneuve to john lee hancock right that it's is, like it's yeah. just that's just it's prisoners? a I, um it's aaron guzikowski wow never heard of aaron guzikowski <laughs> he wrote contraband papillon oh which uh, also has rami malik <laughs> Yeah, Contraband, did, which is kind of a kind of a fun movie. If you guys did he haven't write seen the it. original Contraband, the 2012. Oh yeah, did he get Not credited? The, is that yeah? Did he get the the European Contraband? Oh yeah, because yeah, it's wrote a, the original because it's a remake. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if wait no I don't he know wrote it. They, it's no he wrote Mark Wahlberg's Contraband. Okay. Oh, so maybe he maybe he wrote Ar- both. Arnaldur. Idriusen. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Um, no, that was the original film was called Reykjavik Rotterdam. Yes, mm-hmm, I saw that. Okay, I did not see either of those. Anyway, um, so he also apparently wrote many. He he helped create and write Raised by Wolves, the TV series. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, pr- like this is the thing. I'm f- I am I am primed for this movie. I love like a cops movie you know i like i love it like prisoners is my shit i think i still sure. like watch that movie like once a year because i love Even watching... prisoners though kind of has the bad scooby-doo ending though but i, the I, ending I don't of, have the a ending problem of prisoners with is that. a nightmare <laughs> like i don't have a problem with the bad scooby-doo ending because like everything that we learn in prisoners does eventually come back and serve the ending you know like yeah. like the 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 mazes and the snakes and all the sure. stuff and like, well, you know, just can watching I posit one Jake reason Hall why this movie really might not, hard. 
can I posit one reason why this movie might not need to do that? Is, if now, you say we're in, it's because we're in full, it's not really what it's about, I'm going to hit you. Well, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Hang on, hang on. We're, we're, in, we're in full spoilers, though, right? We are, yes. It's, okay. Yeah. So no, if, it's if you because, don't want spoilers, jump because shit. Jared... It's because I also, also have my wife hasn't watched yet, so I'm going to try and whisper this. But <laughs> it's because Jared Leto is not the killer, right? Like, so, so when you have them bring up sure. all these, they're not they're not finding the clues that match up in in the way who, that yeah, right. They're they're finding all of these little threads that go nowhere because they actually go nowhere. Right. Right. So like, that's, that's kind of the thing is that like, I, I, I appreciate, but then the question, I don't is, think like, it's an accident. I guess is my point. I when think, these, when I think, these I think it's intentional. Fucking murders start happening again. Remy Malik is going to know that he lied to him and that he killed the wrong person. Like, so the the stupid yeah. little, there's so many dumb twists in this movie. All right. Maybe I hate this movie. There's so, many... <laughs> so first of all, as I said, the little things don't matter in this movie, no matter how much they say they matter. Unless you're talking about the little things like when you murder a guy, maybe you shouldn't talk about him that much. You know, like that little thing. <laughs> that's that's a thing that might, you know, be a th- like, like, but like the, the biting of the pizza, the last meal, like all these things where you're like, oh, OK, great, great, great. We're going to like get to the bottom of this. And then they don't. And the twists are like, oh, he fucking killed him. Oh, Denzel Washington's going to help cover up the murder. Oh, there's the red hairband. Oh, but Denzel Washington bought it, clearly, because he bought a four-pack, because sure. I guess that's the only way he could find a red one. He had and to he's get burning it. And, and, then, and then the other twist is that, apparently, one of the reasons that Denzel Washington had a heart attack and his marriage ended is because he accidentally shot a hooker. I'm sorry, a sex worker. You know, it doesn't matter. Shot her in the heart because he heard something moving in the bushes after finding two other dead women. Like, and the goddamn coroner is wearing the bullet on her keychain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck? What is happening? This movie is insanity. I did like, and the thing is I could see taking all those little pieces and arranging them into a good movie but they just don't bother. I think I think the the big problem is that this movie and again maybe to I like I don't know maybe to get there for for this version of this movie maybe to get there you need another 15 minutes or something but the I think the big problem is that it wants to be the genre movie that you came in for right mm-hmm. but also what it has on its mind is something completely, completely different. And something that I do not think is wholly uninteresting. Like I think the, like if I'm John Lee Hancock, like I can kind of see how he clearly, this is some sort of baby of his because Mm -hmm. he wrote this thing that he, I can only, and this is conjecture on my part. I have not heard him say this or whatever, but I can imagine if it's a thing where he is like, no, it's like an anti, it's like the way, I mean, it's sort of a similarly flawed movie. It's like the way the good German is the anti Casablanca. Right. It's like, this is like, this is like the anti seven or yeah, the, the anti, whatever, you know, whatever. Salt the good like, German is operation sausage. paperclip, the movie. And <laughs> but like this, this, like I can understand that. And I almost like that, but like it's done poorly. Like it's. Well, I, again, cause I think the problem is it's not, it doesn't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It needs a different director. Like it just should have been directed by somebody else. So like, like cause, I, 
I think that's true. I think that definitely someone else needed to take a pass at it on a writing level. I mean, give it to Scott Frank, for God's sake. Give him a week with this, and I bet he hammers it into a goddamn <laughs> masterpiece. Like, uh, and, it, and again, maybe what it gets hammered into is not some sort of pulpy genre movie. It just, it is, a, there is a little bit of a disconnect. And I'm, in this respect, I'm agreeing with you, Brian, in that, like, yeah. it is that it leans into the genre elements, which are compelling enough to actually make you want that movie, right? And then, but decides like, oh, we're not going to give you that. We're going to give you this thing that is wholly about getting too into the weeds on something. Basically, just that, like, that's what it is, right? Just just going off of what the movie seems to be trying to do. Instead of the twist for Denzel Washington character being like, oh, he shot a a girl in the chest, like dead in the chest. Like, first of all, fantastic shot. As a guy who's a pistol shooter, (laughs) just like. That's like some skill to just snap in the dark and then hit her like dead center like that. Like perfect. Um, Anyway, that's really just me making a joke about how stupid this movie is because they didn't even like hit her off center. They're like, well, how do we know she's dead? Well, right in the middle. So (laughs) there's that. But like what the what the twist should be instead is that he at some point found someone that he thought was the guy murdered him because he knew he didn't have enough evidence and then the killing started again and now he's like oh shit i accidentally killed the wrong person and then you can have rami malik do the same fucking thing like that's your parody that's your it's like they curbed they curbed from insomnia but they curbed from the second part of insomnia not the first part of it right like they like what it what it should yeah i that i think would play a little cleaner if it's literally just or he like frames the wrong guy or what you know like something like that like whatever it is like yeah like you can certainly throw that in there and it does uh, that's the part of it that i think needs way more massaging in terms of like maybe give me that up front right like maybe give give me that in the scene right after you see her give him the bullet on the keychain or whatever where it's like yeah just get it out there because it's not that like you know something happened sure so like it's not that and and what they ultimately reveal is like not that earth shattering it just sort of explains some stuff so right. like it, exp- it just, explains why he just cared so it. much about yeah, catching yeah. the guy but also he's a fucking homicide cop he should yeah. want to catch the guy anyway and i just it was very difficult for me to understand the mo of this killer because those first two women are like set up as though they're like preying on a rock and then another one is like just found in the woods and then one is like propped up her in her apartment and then another one was like sort of buried until like an overflow washed away the stuff i mean like it's just i don't like we basically have like post-mortem ligatures hands behind the back and like maybe a trash bag over her head right it's like a btk thing right but it's like yeah it just there's not enough of like uh, there's not enough of an MO, you know, there's not enough of a conception of what's even happening. Yeah. It's not. And again, but again, that's the type of stuff that I, I think the temptation to take this into something that's a little flashier, like a seven or a, or even true detective, right. With all the little figurines and, and sculptures right, and whatever. Things. Yeah. <laughs> um, even with that stuff, like I think the tendency to take it there is probably pretty tempting if you're if you're writing a genre piece. So I I can appreciate that it doesn't do that, but it is um it is maddening. 
And yes. to, to, to what kind of you said earlier, Bill, like it just, it leads to something that is unsatisfying for different reasons than an unsatisfying ending would be deemed okay. Right. Like, yeah. like unsatisfying it, endings it, it are, unsatisfying. can be totally fine. Right. Like, it is un- yeah. unsatisfying to to Denzel Washington as a character because like the whole ending of this film is that Denzel Washington is looking for this catharsis, this whole film. That's why he sticks around this fucking like city right he comes back he takes time vacation time to continue to follow this murder they just killed a man and now he's gonna frame him or at least give rami malik's character enough evidence that he's gonna like try and just okay all right he's fine but denzel washington is gonna go back to the fucking suburbs wait and again this person has killed a lot of people recently if it's not jared leto if it's not sparma what a name what a goddamn name albert sparma I, i will say this they make all like to the movie's credit they make all the right choices in so far as you're like, oh yeah, no, it's a hundred percent Jared Leto, yeah. right? Like you're like you're like yeah, no, this but, this dude, his name's Sparma. That's a total killery name. <laughs> I, I mean, I, they, I knew it was him do... the second that he said yeah. his name, which is Albert yeah. Sparma. Yeah, I can see that on our last <laughs> podcast on the left episode title. Right, right, right. But, but when when they mention earlier that Sparma isn't the guy because eight years prior he had confessed and then it turns out when they actually did their due diligence and like took it you know the last steps to get a a full-on conviction like they realized oh shit he wasn't in the right place at the right time like he has a a rock solid and you know this because they wanted to peg him they had a confession they wanted this alibi you know you can imagine they tried to poke endless amounts of holes in it but apparently he had a rock side and out by that he was not even close to this place mm-hmm. and so you know it it gives you the impression and then when denzel breaks into his house what do you know he has a fucking you know rf rf unit or whatever uh, you know he's basically listening to the radio band of the police and it's like oh fuck this guy's just fucking weird that's what he is like well he right, didn't do anything wrong that paints it, in a, it it just paints the movie for me in a totally and this is the problem is like the movie wants to get away from these consequences entirely but the thing of like wait so they just murdered a mentally ill dude basically like, like that's yeah. that that's where this movie winds up, which is insane. Two All cops this, just this guy's murdering only a crime Ill, was dude. being a a true crime fanatic thirty years too early. And look, and it's not and, like he he's just yeah, he would have had a podcast. Like that's his he would he would have had a podcast. Yeah. Um. But and I and again I I I'm not wholly against a movie going down that route of like. Of of the conflict being like yeah, but it's gotta be him because just look at him right and yeah. and and really you know you wanting to you wanting a thing to be true. I mean it's very it's something that a movie like Zodiac does very well right. Like the whole thing of like you just you know you 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 latch onto a theory, you latch onto a thing, and you want it so badly to be the thing, partially because you want it to be right, but you also want it to be over right mm. and um. 
I I can appreciate that, and I think this movie it's something the movie like openly plays with, which is fine. I think a big part of why the ending slips up is that nobody faces any consequences. And I get the idea. I know that the whole point is them keeping it a secret, right? Obviously. Mm-hmm. And and that's um, part of the consequences, right? Right, it's, right, right. It's what it's, it's going to do it, to them. It just yeah. doesn't feel like a thing that's going to keep eating Denzel. Like, and the thing of obviously the get right, the, the, the manner in which Denzel has grown in, in, in at least the most marginal capacity, right. Is that he's like acknowledged that like, Oh, the problem almost was had nothing to do with these killings. It had like equal amounts, if not more to just do with me. Right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to save this guy from it. Right. And I'm going to give him this Clo- non-existent closure but see right? the, the, so that uh, so that he does not drive himself insane which like the closure is only going to last until the next body happens yeah i i guess the, that i guess that's true but you could i mean i could think of ways that you could like wave that away like uh, you could make it a copycat thing you could make it a you know what i mean like it could be you, I feel like you could explain it away in, 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 in no, because, a number of thing. different ways. You could think it's a. You could. You, you could maybe until, think until that they until, the dude until who they does that, him. right? Yes, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, I killed all of those other people." Right. Here's yeah. the yes. actual red barrette, yeah. and then Rami Malek yeah. just runs up to 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 not San Bernardino, Kern County, and goes, "What? Why? There's yeah. a re- why? Why? Do, there's another one. What are you doing? Why is yeah. this? Why did you in do a, this to in me?" A weird way (laughs) speaking of little things the red barrette thing is kind of a it is kind of a little component of this movie that does does kind of fuck a few things up because if he doesn't give him the red barrette i think my feelings on this movie are a little bit more positive like i said generally as an as an experience I like watching this movie. I'd probably watch it again. Like it to me, like I said, it, it has that, it just has that sort of cozy feeling of like a Sunday afternoon on TNT thing. Um, but I do think if he doesn't give them the barrette and it's just about two dudes who basically chased the wrong lead in the wrong way and made the wrong decisions and then have to quietly suffer with that in secret. And that is the movie I can get behind it a little bit more because yeah, because to your point, Brian, by doing what it's trying to do, it, it just opens up a can of worms where you're like, Oh, well, (laughs) okay. Right. See, this is like, you know, what's one of my favorite parts about prisoners is (laughs) that they, they they seem to almost have wrapped it up like a good 40 minutes before the end you know like there's right. there's a lot of like so if this movie if they'd gotten to like i don't know an hour 20 and then clubbed jared leto with a uh, a um a shovel and then the rest of the movie was like that you know i would have been down for it Right, if, if like the la- if like well, the last what if, 30 what minutes if this- is them getting away with it or something yeah. what if what if the last it's sort of almost last, last is, sequence. Though. What if the last sequence of this film becomes there's a new murder and it just happens to look exactly the same like the last crime scene? Well, just, and you realize, okay, like, well, and they're like, are you are you positing that like then Rami Malek 
has to then just keep confronting it. And that's like the, yes. like the purgatorial terror that they found themselves in where it's Absolutely. just like never going to stop until they actually stop it. I suppose, I mean, you can go that, that route. I, I'm just, I'm trying to meet the movie halfway in terms of like, and whatever. I mean, we're, you know, we're what abouting and what ifing a movie that exists sure. and is already made and like won't change. But like, I think if, if you're going to meet the movie halfway and in terms of what John Lee Hancock clearly wants to do and wants it to be about, he's like, and what's frustrating is I do think that he's like 85% there. And then he kind of just like does these little things. No pun intended. Actually did not intend that. But like, but like he just does these things to kind of fuck it up a little well, bit. Well, that's the and, thing is like you can you can that's what I kept saying. Like I could feel the the screenplay so close. And it's just like if you just maybe took like another week, like if we just handed this off to someone else for a little while, maybe we would have something. And, and I, they just and don't. I have to, yeah, and I have to wonder like kind of like I said before like I wonder if a part of this movie's what's going to go against it is literally just its placement in time in terms of you know if this movie actually gets released in 93 or 94 or whatever does it maybe actually make a splash because it's tackling thematic things in a in a cop movie that maybe at least at that point people had not talked about or thought about or whatever right the problem is like now it's you know john lee hancock is mining themes and he's doing an okay job of them but he's mining themes that that david fincher has done better that carrie fukunaga has done better right like it's well, just think, like you know at the very least in in 95 they wouldn't have cast remy malik <laughs> you know so you've got that going for you i feel like in 95 denzel washington would have been oh 100 yeah it would have been like yeah it would have been like denzel and like sam shepherd oh mm, my like god that. wouldn't that just you get a little pelican brief going on kind of yes. oh yeah i'd be down for that what that a- that would be awesome <laughs> Um, uh, or like, you know, a, a fir- the firm level, like, you know, Tom Cruise, you know, can, can we talk about as the, the detective as, 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 as Rami Malek's. Malek's character? What's his name? Yeah. Jim Baxter. Jesus mm-hmm. fucking Christ. <laughs> I, yeah, the, the name, the name is fine. I, you know, the names are okay here. The Sparma is clearly where Lee Hancock put all his effort Yeah, in that regard. <laughs> It really like, does look like, like he he like he spent like ten years just creating like a random serial killer name generator. I the thing I had the biggest problem with. Can we talk about Leto for a second? Yeah, go for it. The He's so gross. with him, I yeah, very gross, real just scum, scummy, a lot of scummy things. I go back and forth on him because he's a dude that I don't. Uh, you know, also not one of my guys. I've worked with him a couple times. I'll say in my experience with him, not particularly the easiest person to work with, but mm-hmm. that's, that's more of a general thing. Um, but even that aside, I, I find I can, I can handle him in movies where he is used to exactly the right effect and exactly the right amount. I think like Denis Villeneuve uses him perfectly in Blade Runner 2049. Yep. He's like, he's, he's in it, not a second longer than he needs to be. Cause it, you know, his affectations and the way he does things can get obviously to be a bit much. And so with this, I weirdly, and maybe this is just the way he chooses to sound. Now I felt like he sounded exactly like his character from 
Blade Runner 2049. Well, that's, in, that's in the crazy a, thing. It's like, like what okay. if I almost love the idea of him like thinking to himself, like, what's the weirdest guy possible? You know, oh, it would be <laughs> a a man who was a like crazy inventor from the future, but who was just stuck in the past. <laughs> so like, maybe like, that's what know. he did. He just like said to himself, like, I'm going to play the exact same character, but because the times are different and the, the genre is different. He's going to come off as insane in a whole different way. Yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's a whole, talk. it's a whole thing he puts on. And I, again, I think, I think the music, the movie uses him to perfect and accurate effect in terms of like, he plays exactly the character you need him to play in exactly the way, just enough for you to, for you to go oh he's definitely the killer and not because i'm smarter than the movie is necessarily it's more just because the movie is just like is not even trying to hide that from me right it's very much like a kevin spacey in seven thing right like where when spacey shows up there's there you know there's never a point at which you're like i don't know he could be lying it's not it's it yeah at at any point it's not a whodunit right it's literally like the minute you see leno you're like yep yeah. Um, There's a. And he, you don't and, cast him, and, and you don't you don't make him put on the you know either the fat suit or the twenty pounds that you had to put on. Oh, and this you is don't, Jared Leto you we're talking about. He definitely actually just sure, put that sure. on. I and, do. We, and he definitely on, actually I, it, hasn't. Slept it looked like a fat suit years. to me, though. I, I like, and I know what you're talking about, Brian. Like, I know that that's like a thing that he does, and he's like super fucking method about that shit. His gut in this movie looked like a pillow to me. It is insane. It looked like yeah. a, it I looked like a pillow in a big shirt. Like, I couldn't decide I mean, if it was. That's, that's where he puts on weight. Like, well, that's the thing I, is like some, what... some people put on weight in certain areas, and yeah, so and maybe his that's... face, like his face, is so emaciated though. Still. So that's the thing I was going to say is actually what it it seems like is that he is a guy who got big and had only recently like slimmed down. And so, (laughs) but like not in like a healthy, like I'm working out way, but like in a, Oh, I have a tapeworm way. So like, instead of his, (laughs) instead of like burning the fat and putting on muscle and his abdominals tightening. So his stomach, like, you know, is, is flat. He's just like, Oh, suddenly I have like this weird skin bag on my chest, you know? (laughs) <laughs> that was a good Jared Leto, Brian. I, <laughs> my throat is very sore. I am very tired. Solid, I feel like that's a lot of a his solid energy. Leto trawl. Yes. I like a Shirley um, Temple to go. <laughs> while while we're on the subject, show the boner, right? Cut to the boner. Did he actually have a boner? I know. I think he did. It's, it's a the re- pleats, the man. It's the pleats. It's the the scene. The scene <laughs> plays out very strangely because part of the reason, listener. I, I mean, if you've made it this far, you've watched the movie already. But uh, you're just and, having and fun listening case, to me, losing yes, my mind. In case you, in case you haven't, there's a scene in which basically what really pinpoints them to Jared Leto is that they show him seen shots of the victims and the crime scenes and whatever and he gets an yeah, erection looking through, looking through a lot of them not not yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh yeah. like let me show you yeah. like one or two to like rattle right. you he's like, but oh, like, like no here's, here's a whole fucking album yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and he's and he, he's having fun he, with it yeah and he, he gets an erection and that's what and and okay like that i can track all that from a movie logic standpoint or whatever but it is like very strange because the movie seems super conservative and like not wanting to show it right and you i'm need, just kind of um, like 
Just cut to it. They, like, they've just, shown a, a, a ton of tits at this point. In right. This it feels to be fair, weird. Bill, they're all dead tits. So, I, yes. Oh, God. That's the well. That's the thing is like this movie like would never show like a live woman in like a sexually gratifying position, but they will definitely show naked dead women a lot. It's yeah. a really, it's a strangely conservative movie in that regard. Like it's right. not. There is no scene. Like they won't even show a shot of a giant, you know, sharp dildo a la seven, right? Like they're not even yeah. going to get that. Like they're not even going to suggest. Like it makes anything, me think because right? like, like he says, you know, your dick is as hard as Chinese arithmetic. Great line. Um, And but I was like, is he just like shouting at him that because it's is that like a metaphorical dick? Like I didn't right, but then later Rami Malek, I was confused as well, and then later Rami Malek says like, oh yeah, like he was finding it sexually gratifying. So it's like, oh no, like so right. he really well, I think like the the CEO or something says like one guy was like or, you know accidentally urinating in front of a teenager, and the other guy was like concealed erection, and I was like, so yeah. he did, I guess. I or like are we again just right. uncertain? Are we just yeah, going off of what? It, it's just a weird. It was a weird thing to me where I'm like, just show it, just show it, just don't. Like, it made me think it, of make, um. The Devil's Advocate. The first. <laughs> let's talk about The Devil's Advocate for a second. Um, a, a movie that is insane, but that I really, really like, and that I think hangs yeah, together good. oddly enough. Um, but like the first. In fact, it's it's the guy. It's it's a uh, it's the dude from the docks in the second season of The Wire. Yeah. What's his name? It is. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll find it. You keep talking. It's Chris Chris <laughs> Bauer, right? Yeah. He plays in The Devil's Advocate a a teacher who is accused of like molesting a girl, and it in the uh, in the, the 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 courtroom when he's getting testified against when the girl is explaining what happened, they show him pleasuring himself over his pants. Well, that's okay. That but like that's a good point because it's like couldn't they have just done that with Leto? Couldn't he? Couldn't they just show a shot of him like sticking his hand down his pants while he's like like you don't even need to get like it's just a, it's a it was a very weird thing to be where I'm like you're gonna you're gonna I, it felt the, almost because this movie's R. rated R right? Am I wrong? It's gotta be there's rated, tits and blood no, and I'm yeah, pretty sure they say right, fuck a lot. But it feels it feels weirdly a hair away from a movie that was cut from an R to a PG thirteen. Yeah. And like, I maybe, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it was something that was like NC 17 and they were like, you got to cut the boner. Otherwise it's NC. Like I, you show us a a fiber optic in the pants view of Jared Leto's dick. And we don't want that. (laughs) Well, we can't go back and shoot an insert now. So, and and again, I don't mean to beleaguer the boner, but it just, to me, hold on, hold on. So we know that Leto is kind of infamous for this method acting. Maybe this is a stipulation from Leto when he got cast that, hey, this sequence has to go where you explicitly show me having a hard on because I don't want to have a hard on while looking at dead photos of a a woman because I'm going to do this method and I have to have you know the the one right. plus but luckily if it's gonna be, if, if, if it's we're all of the opinion on, that he's if we're all of the opinion that he's not the killer then at least method wise he didn't have to go murder anyone um yeah. i do want to say beleaguer the boner the best david foster wallace essay <laughs> it just I, I guess the reason i bring Let's, it up is because it does feel and it feels indicative to me overall indicative. of this <laughs> 
of this movie. <laughs> I am, so, um, I am let, sorry that I decided about, to make that joke. <laughs> let's talk about one thing that that kind of hung me up a, a couple of times. Um, so they mention at some point. Let's let's, let's backtrack. The opening sequence of this is mm-hmm. this the same woman that later on is the witness, the tainted witness? Yes. Yes, correct. Okay, so so she saw somebody, even though we as the audience didn't see jack shit. And in that sequence, I noticed his boots were fucking black. I didn't notice he had nice boots. No, 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 no. That's a different thing. That's another thing. The boots no, are a well, different thing entirely. That yeah. that's that's yeah. what the boots are the there. That's right. Yeah, the yeah. the boots are the inciting incident for Denzel in terms right. of not of the killer's boots. Having... This was a different set of boots. Yeah, I okay. will say though, Bill, the to your point, the opening of this movie is kind of cut at a clip that you're like, wait, are these things or like it, you're almost waiting for them to be related and then and then they're not. Yeah. No. Um, the. Yeah, I forgot what I was going to say from before. Oh, no, no. But but with the just the overall like depiction of this stuff in the movie and not that I need it to be more graphic or anything like that. It just it does feel weirdly like it kind of it's like half in half out about it. And it's and it's it's kind of again, it's sort of indicative of the whole movie because the movie's like half in half out as far as like how much of a grisly detective thriller it wants to be. Um, well, I, I'm I'm also curious, like, you know, talking about the exploration of Leto as a character in this film, which this film kind of hones in on him being a, a, a fucking weirdo, right? Is he goes into that VIP, you know, uh, strip club for like eight hours at a time at some points, and we don't ever get a shot inside seeing what the fuck he's even doing, because if they're going to make him out to be a weirdo weirdo, like he's got to do some weirdo weirdo shit inside there too. He seems like like a dude who probably just goes there for the chicken wings. I was about to say, he's probably got his favorite stripper and he goes in and talks to her and she's like, Oh, Hey, Sparma. Cause I just assume everyone calls him by his last name. And (laughs) he's like, Hello, Bernice. <laughs> How is your family? And this she's like, oh, I hate it when they think they're friends with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, no, but I, just I, I don't even see, think that's, I, I want that's what's what's going on. I, I, well, I don't Bill, even you just think wanted that to see even... inside the strip club. <laughs> no, no, I you just, just wanted to see I in the strip see, club. I want to see what he acts like when he's in a in a place any situation that he is willingly putting himself into. But what's weird right? to me is that I don't, and this is maybe me reading way too much into that. I assume that he was doing that for their benefit. I thought that he was trying to make himself seem like a killer. The normal and he was guy. like, Oh, like a killer would definitely go to a strip club for too long. That and very, that very well. Also, they're not going to follow again, me into a strip I, club. I'm not like that opposed to that, even as a, a character or a motivation, like a dude who is so enthralled by true crime that he like has this weird, creepy fantasy of wanting to be a killer, right? Like, or right. wanting mm-hmm. to be a serial killer. I can, I can vibe with that. I think that that's kind of interesting. And I think the movie does well enough with it to a certain degree, but I, it it is a little strange that like there isn't, 
something and and again maybe this would be a bridge too far for this movie but something even more slightly incriminating and i guess i get that the whole point of the movie is like circumstantial right like it's all circumstantial and that's the and that's the whole point so maybe if there was something slightly more incriminating it it would you know you you even as the viewer would be like oh no no, it's got to be him right but um it yeah i don't know it's it's strange because it just feels to me the reason I brought up the good German before is like it's the it's the exercise of that movie is like what if we did Casablanca but we took all the sweeping romance out of it and it's like okay wait so it's like Casablanca but not as good right like yeah. you're just like, like oh, so oh you're just there's gonna, a reason you're just gonna that... take all the good things out of it and and th- and that 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 there's a reason that there there are hyper stylized thrillers like this because it's just that's the entertaining stuff right, right? like that's like when the we salacious about, fun stuff it's yeah. like when we talked about happiest season and um we had a whole conversation about like oh well we don't want like because i said like i didn't really see the problematic nature of this because as a heterosexual all heterosexual couples and relationships and movies are portrayed that way and our guest said right but like in in queer circles there's this like conversation of like the straights are not all right. And I was like, the straights are fine. It's the fact that in movies you need shit to be crazy because normal life is boring. Like, so you need the weird twists. You need the unhealthy relationships because no one's going to check into a movie where two people respectfully court each other, communicate their feelings openly and live a bland but happy life together. And that's like, right. and it's, that's like this. It's like, what if we stripped out all of the Hollywood bullshit? It's like, oh, well then you'd have, like, you do realize that like cops are a real job and that many of them just like go and then come home and go and come home and then they retire and fish. And and I think the problem is like to what you said earlier before, Brian, like the thing of like, if you really want me to fully be entertained by the concept that this movie purports that it's about or seems to purport that it's about which is like it's about these two dudes one who was in the weeds didn't survive it one who's going to be in the weeds might not survive it unless the other one helps them mm-hmm. then like make that what the movie's about like plot wise right, right. So, like, okay to, to, that's... to your point like get there at hour one right where they clock <laughs> Leto with the shovel right and then the remaining 45 minutes or something is them doing a thing reconciling with right. it. So if I could you know, talk shit about Rami Malek for a little longer, I think sure. that is to me, my main problem is that his performance is so abysmal that you don't even realize that's what they're going to until it's too late. Like, like, you know, he clocks him with the shovel and then you're like, Oh right. I guess he did yeah, like I- not answer his wife's phone call that one time. Like, you don't like nothing in his aspect changes, you know, it's, just, I, it's I, fucking dumb. I, like you need a guy who's he's got starts... some sequences that, that, that definitely give you the sense that he is, he is fucking losing it partly because like he, a, he gets in the fucking car with Jared Leto. That's, right, that's a no, no, but no, 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 no move. That's again, a no, no. His, his performance <laughs> is so shitty. I'm not even like trying to I'm not I'm not even bothering at this point to be like, oh, it's not modulated correctly. It's just flat bad. It's so bad. It's so awful. High school. The jock who's trying to court the girl on the drama club and he just fucking can't do it. 
Like he's just bad at it. He's just bad. It's so, but yeah, there's it's, it's awful. It's just a terrible performance and his inability to start as a shining golden boy that in any way seems to represent what that should be. And then modulate his descent, you know, it just ruins it because that's the arc, but he's not delivering it. He's just not. It's like if you hired a guy to pour the foundation for your house and then you got there on that day and he'd kind of put down some paper bags. It's just (laughs) like you. Oh, okay. I guess I'll still build this fucking house on it. No, you fire him and you get someone who knows how to pour concrete. Well, there's there's (laughs) still a good way to make that movie and it's called lock a whole a whole thriller about pouring foundation um anyway sorry i'm gonna take that piece of the sky (laughs) also i cheated on my wife and i'm having a baby (laughs) um it's a good movie but it is a very it's a great have you guys talked about that movie before uh i'm pretty sure like a flashback or like a director i'm gonna i'm gonna google this the film stage show lock i'm pretty sure that uh, it was episode you, 102. We did it as a double okay, bill with a lock the double. Episode. Oh, okay. Oh, All right. Jesus. Um, yeah, good movie, that movie. Um, yeah. Anyway, the... Yeah, no, I, I think, the, like, your your point is totally valid insofar as the calibration of the performance, because I think, again, what this movie rests on for me, like, the pure enjoyment is just is Denzel baby like it's just literally right. like unfortunately he is just the the driving engine of the movie um and i think whether or not that's enough to get you through as a viewer um is uh you know i think that that's up for debate obviously right but it's like it's like Denzel Washington is like it's it's like you're eating a thing and you're like oh this is a really good Salisbury steak and then someone's like actually that's a hamburger and you're like what and you're like, yeah, you don't see the incredibly tiny bun we put on it. Denzel is the meat and Rami Malek should be the bun. And he's just not there. And so you get to the end of it and you're like, oh, I wasn't. Th- then this was terrible. This was a terrible hamburger because I wasn't able to hold it. And the bun wasn't there. It's but just you, you, you sold me a bill it. of goods because the person who was supposed to be selling. It, but, but you still enjoyed it. Like that's that's the whole point. But it's a that's failure. It's a failure. If once you're pointed out, oh, it should have been something else. It's like, oh, that's weird. It, all right, let me do this. You you think you're eating? <laughs> I don't even know. I did not. We did not mean to box you into another metaphor. <laughs> so many food metaphors. Yeah, it's it's. But it's like it's it is. It's like it's like one of those uh one of those cartoons where it's like, wow, this is really good pork, and then it's like, oh, that's not pork. That's like a rat or something, and you're like, ooh, well, that changes everything. Like I'm watching this movie and I'm like, okay, Rami Malek's the bland, like professional guy. And, and, uh, you know, Denzel Washington is the grizzled guy with the haunted past and they're going to solve this thing. And because Rami Malek cannot for the goddamn life of him act his way into giving me any kind of modulation or change in his performance and in his character, it's not until he murders Jared Leto that I'm like, oh, is that what I've been watching? Oh, then this sucks. Because I, I was not he, prepared for that. He like this character, the way Malik plays this character, he shouldn't be, he should be like the IA guy who's investigating Denzel Washington. Right. Right. You know like what? he should be, he should be someone. I mean, he literally like, re, I feel like the way that he plays it and it's sort of the way that they start out, but they don't start out antagonistic enough for you to even 
they're antagonistic for like a scene. Right. And then they kind of immediately start clicking, which like I can appreciate that from a standpoint of like, obviously this movie has other things on its mind. So it doesn't, it's not about that. It's not about two opposing forces that happen to begrudgingly like each other and solve a mystery or whatever. So it, it, it veers away from that. But yeah, the way that he plays, it just isn't, he just, I mean, again, to your point, he just doesn't feel there. He's like not humanized enough for you to worry about his loss of humanity. Right. No, he's, it's, and it's just like, oh, he's got kids. Oh, that's great. Whatever. But like, again, it's not like bummer for those kids. Those like, kids I mean, yeah, their dad's, there's dad's a, a robot in disguise who doesn't know he's a robot. Um, but like, think about Mr. the dark night. <laughs> yes, Mr. Robot. Um, Think about the Dark Knight. You have Harvey Dent, who seems like this totally cool guy, right? And then there's that one scene where they've taken Rachel and he's all like... And he flips. And he flips the coin. He's going to shoot the guy. And... Oh, no, they didn't. They, they, like, killed Gordon. He thinks they killed Gordon. And that's when you see, like, his rage and his anger and his animosity. And so that way... Oh, by the way, spoilers for The Dark Knight for any of you people who haven't yeah, seen what, it. Yeah, whatever. Um, when that years. way, once he gets his face blown off, it's not just like, and then he went crazy. It's like, oh no, he always had that rage inside of him, and now he's going to give into it because there's no point not to, right? Like his fucking fiance he's gonna, died because he's going to die in 48 hours from a massive infection. Right, a huge staph infection yeah. is going to eat away his brain. But so like, yeah. you know, it's not like suddenly like, oh, he just came up with this idea. It's like, no, this has been a rage monster inside of him that he has fought and now he doesn't need to anymore. So he's going to go for it. Like, you know, but this movie, it's like if Harvey Dent was squeaky clean golden boy and then just like, you know, sh- t- takes Gordon's son for no reason. And then you're like, oh, is that what that's been leading up to? It's weird because, you know, Aaron Eckhart can't act, but Aaron Eckhart can act. That's why that movie's successful. And that's why In the Company of Men is also a good movie. And thank you for smoking. <laughs> uh, let's just turn this into an Aaron Eckhart appreciation podcast. He's really good in uh, uh, Battle Los Angeles, too. Yeah. Oh God. Oh no. I like Battle Los Angeles. Deal with it. I know. I've. I for my point is I forgot that about you, and now I just remember. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. The part when he's <laughs> naming all the men who died under his command it still gets me teared up. He's a. He's a. Eckhart. Eckhart is not somebody I go to bat for, but only because of how inconsistent he is. Yo, he's super like, inconsistent. He needs to like, fire just cause his it's agent. Uni- like, cause I, I would agree with you that you, you watch him in some things and you're like, oh, yeah, this dude's got it. You watch him in other things. You're like, Oh nope, Maybe that's the word. That might be the worst yeah, performance yeah. I've ever seen by a human. Right, oh. He's in what he's in the core. Yeah. yeah. He's in suspect zero. Remember that one? Oh, I, I am aware he's of that in, one. Yeah. Wait, is that yeah, the one he, with the remote viewing? Uh, I don't. I, don't I mean, it's been else. a million years. I just remember it has like a really bad ending. But um, he's an Aaron Brockovich, apparently. You know, you know what the little things says. We should talk. Stop. We should just <laughs> stop talking about Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should uh, go home to our wives and daughters, and uh, and and in this fucking podcast before we drive each <laughs> before other. Before we all get yes, driven off of Connor, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I, messenger you a Manila folder, and it's gonna say no angels, and then it's gonna be a copy of Thank You for Smoking. 
<laughs> no, it should be and Battle a, Los Angeles. <laughs> and a red and a red beret. Um but I don't know. Like I just yeah. you know, I, I really I don't wanna hang here's the thing. Denzel Washington, and the reason that we have like what is it now, four seasonal celebrations of Denzel Washington. We've sure. got Den's February, yeah. we've got Den's Tember, we've got Den's Toberfest, and then we've got Den's Ember? No, Den's Tember is like four months. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we got a lot of Denzel Washington stuff. Um, we also celebrated uh, the beginning of quarantine by doing some social denstancing, I just remembered. The reason that we just throw so much time and energy towards him is because he's amazing. Like, and he is able through his performance to make me forget so many of the stupid things about this the movie. scene. The scene where he sits down next to the woman's body in the morgue and talks to her and he's like talking to her is wonderful. Yes. Um, and, and he, and he is very good in that scene. Correct. I mean, he's great in that. And like, it's, it's like, there's a lot of scenes in this movie where I'm like, yeah, he's, he's bringing it. He's bringing the heat. This is amazing. And I love, I, the thing I love about Denzel, I feel like he's played old man for a little bit, mm-hmm. but like he also has just looked so good for so many years that like, he didn't always look like one. Right. And so yeah. it is, it is he's nice to a, kind of finally watch him. He, he looks like grandpa Denzel. He allows some movie. unflattering Sorry. angles in this movie. In, indeed but it there was, was like one shot its, uh, through a its floor benefit, I think. that I, I i literally i think said out loud to myself I'm like oh wow he actually looks old there <laughs> like that might be the oldest he's ever looked on film because even in like you know even in like uh like taking a pelham right he's supposed to be kind of like a veteran of the MTA or whatever. And kind say, of like the old, where he is the a veteran guy. of a different yeah, kind of but, train. But even in both those movies, it's yeah. like he's still handsome as hell. Like he's still Denzel Washington. I, so I did appreciate that in this movie, he allows himself to, uh, to really just be like old haggard Denzel. And I think, uh, uh you know, the movie benefits from it greatly. I, I, yeah, I'm absolutely. excited to see him as Macbeth. Uh, that's an in, older uh, Macbeth than we're used to, isn't it? Uh, quite possibly. I mean, I don't remember. I'd have to, I, this is me not like, I don't remember, for instance, how old, like Tashiro Mifune is when he, you know, when he did uh, a throne of blood or whatever, but he's got to be yeah. younger than Denzel is now for sure. Probably. So Damn. I did. I, uh, I am just looking at this cast now and this is amazing. I'm in, oh, I'm for the, amazed. for Macbeth. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to be great. And it's by I the hope. Coen brothers. Just. Oh, just Uh, Joel Cohen. Just Joel, yeah. Here's my thing. I'll watch this only if it's not like, yeah, we're keeping Shakespeare's language. Oh, but you got, but of course they are. What are you talking about? It's Shakespeare. (laughs) Why can't they do like 10 things I hate about you, Macbeth? You know, like really, really go out there with it. Isn't that what, uh, do you you ever see the Christopher Walken movie, Scotland, PA? Oh, I am aware of it, but I have not seen it. it. About like the burger joint called. Mc, I think it's called McDuff's and uh, that's a that's a that's a fun little Macbeth adaptation. Um, anyway, a modernized retelling of Macbeth set in the 1970s suburban Pennsylvania. Joe Macbeth, an unambi- an unambitious hamburger stand employee, is driven to success by his scheming wife. Yeah, it's been a minute. It sounds like the founder, actually. Speaking of John Lee Hancock. Um, it uh 
it's been a minute since I've seen that movie, so it might be terrible, but I kind of remember it semi fondly. I honestly, I like aspects of the founder quite a lot. All right. I let's think wrap this up. I think, well, we're still talking about, <laughs> stop trying to rush us, Bill. Who we no, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Bill. We can, we can wrap it up, but if we want to wrap it up by talking about John Lee Hancock, right, overall, well, so John I, Lee Hancock, yeah. who, who did the founder, I mean, like there are parts of that movie that I quite like, like there are scenes that I like, I love, I love basically his entire first meeting with the, the McDonald brothers. Um, mm. you know, it's, it's become a meme, but that whole, like, you're not in the burger business, you're in the real estate business. Like, that's a good part. Like, and and there's parts, but like then there's other parts where it's like, oh God, Laura Dern, why why are you here being the long suffering wife and Patrick Wilson? Yeah, how can you not realize this man is stealing your lady? She's she's kind of wasted. I mean, the thing with John Lee Hancock, I still maintain I I think this is his best movie. Like I think it's his most. I think it's like it's, a formal step forward, but I you know it looks being I, good. I, High points, I would say the Thomas Newman score is very good. It does a lot for the movie, I think, in terms of like tying it together. I think the movie looks good, which is also nice because I feel like as the pandemic rages on, I just it, movies that is, and I know obviously this movie whole the whole HBO Max thing was supposed to be a theatrical movie is technically a theatrical movie. I think I think mm-hmm. it's out yeah, it's in out. some theaters, but but um, but like I just I feel like I've grown really fond of movies that look like movies as opposed to looking like tv shows and so agreed i this looks like a movie which is just i that was something i took from it in terms of like it obviously feels like the lowest bar to pass but to me i was just (laughs) kind of like oh it's yeah no it's great it looks cinematic and nice great shots of cars for sure um but uh yeah overall i don't know i i it, it I'm with you on on a lot of the negative aspects, Brian, but I just don't think they they didn't bring the movie down enough for me to be like, oh, it fucking sucked because I can't just I can't deny the fact that I basically, you know, was fine with the two hours that I spent with it. Right. So like so what I was saying was like Denzel Washington elevates everything will drag a, a, a movie like up a star or two with his teeth. Right. So you need that. And then Jared Leto here is just so bizarre and un- I won't even say unsettling. He, I just hate him. Like, I'm not I'm not like, ooh, you know, creepy. I'm just like, ugh, like, what is this guy? Like, there's do, do you all watch documentary now? Not in a lot. I haven't watched it in a minute, but I have seen it. Yeah. OK, there's there's one episode called The Eye Doesn't Lie. And it's about this guy who very clearly was innocent of a murder, but everyone just hated him so much. He was such an obnoxious person that they convicted him anyway. Um, and I feel like that's a lot of what Jared Leto's energy here is. It's just is like, that is that the thin blue line one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember. He just that keeps one. That bringing is... trail mix out of his. Yeah, yeah, I remember his pockets. And he's like eating chocolates and the girl just says like, you people like you should die. Um, <laughs> and that was a defense witness. So anyway, I, I feel like, you know, Leto's bringing a lot of that. So like, that's cool because it's like, oh, okay. Like that's, he's not coming off as like, I apologize for bringing this up, like a Joker level mastermind of plans and everything. Like, you know, he's just a creepy guy. And so there's a good amount of like, you know, I I viscerally feel like he did it, but also like, None of the evidence proves it. Like, you know, there's right. nothing solid. And if you have just one Disney Channel level performer 
to look like a freshly scrubbed normal person and then maybe just start growing facial hair during this movie, you have a solid C plus B minus. But instead, you have Rami Malek just <laughs> sucking the air out of every fucking scene he's in and just torpedoing whatever hopes this movie had at even being like a, well, you know, it's not Man on Fire. It's not even Deja Vu. It's it's not even like the Bone Collector, but it's not bad. You know, he just I he, mean, he single handedly destroys this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I've come to that. I've come to that over the course of this podcast. <laughs> Rami Malek is a plague on this movie, and I can't believe that after the first day of shooting, they didn't try to recast him. <laughs> Lots of shoulder on poor Rami. I thought I was going to be the mean one to him. You just you brought out all the guns. I just like the more we've talked about it. I like it really has clicked in my head. Like, oh, in focus now. It's not the writing. It's not the directing. Because if that were the case then it would seem like Denzel Washington was bad in this movie, and he's not. And it would seem like Jared Leto's bad in this movie. And he is something in this movie. I'm not going to say he's like a brilliant performer who deserves no, another but he, Oscar, but he's doing a thing. Yeah, he's, and, and it works. Whatever he's doing works like for the movie, right. for sure. I think. But Rami Malek, is, he yeah. is the... Bill, remember when I was talking about a movie with four people and you called it a three-legged chair? And if you kick one of the legs out and then I was like, there's four people. This is a movie. There's three actors. There's three legs on this chair. But hey, a tricycle without the third wheel is still a bicycle. Okay, but yeah. Yeah, I guess. But um, it's like, what if what if you took off the wheel but didn't reconfigure the other two wheels (laughs) and you just left the broken axle? Like, that's the issue here. Um. So yeah, I, Rami Malek just fucked everything up, and uh, he should be ashamed of himself. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my final thought. Uh, Bill, do you have any final thoughts on this movie? Anything like? Is there anything we talked about that you liked or didn't like that you want to get off your chest before we wrap up? No, I'm ready. Thomas Newman. Also, I didn't realize he did the music. I thought the music was fine. Yeah, it, I, I think I think it works out. I liked him. I'm, I'm generally a Newman fan. I liked the I liked the music when they were driving through the desert. I'll say that. Yeah, that and the, there's some good. I can't remember the exact scene. There's some good like figuring it out music in this movie. Yeah, uh, when Denzel's like on the case after he gets his like thrift thrift shop suit. <laughs> yeah, um, I love a movie where Denzel has to like suit up, gear up in the movie, like Man <laughs> on Fire. Right, you know, buys right. the suit, goes to the gun guy. Yeah. Anyway, so that's it. That's the little things. Well, what about Connor? Do you have anything else? Oh no, I mean, I think I kind of, I think I kind of voiced them. I, 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 well, I thought Connor's I, you know, final thing was the uh, figuring it out music. <laughs> oh no, I, no, no, I just uh, no. I, I basically, I, I basically like this movie. I think if you like movies like this, there's a chance you will too. To me, Denzel gets it enough across the finish line uh, that I can ignore Rami Malek, even though I. I, I think Brian's a little harsh, but I do basically agree with him on that performance. Yeah, I think uh, I think my exhaustion got the better of me at some point. I feel like I became <laughs> a little unhinged. But like Brian, it, take a nap. <laughs> I became I became more more heated, but my 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 thoughts and my feelings are true. Like I just <laughs> express them loudly. Um, yeah, um, disastrous, disastrous supporting performance that destroys the movie. <laughs> on every level it could so that's it uh 
that's all for today. Um, Connor, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. But of course, uh, don't forget to go to patreon.com slash film stage show to give us your money. Don't forget to go to movie.com slash film stage for a free 30 day trial of movie where you can check out a most wanted man. And also the uh, Miranda July film, The Future. We got a bunch of great stuff coming on there. I don't know why I say that every goddamn time I look at what's coming up on movie because even outside of just, you know, the ad copy, it's it's always good. There's so much good stuff. Yeah. Cutie and the Boxers coming. Jesus. Oh, nice. Anyway, um, that's it. Uh, you, this is usually the time when I'd ask Michael Snydell what we're talking about next week, uh, but he's not here. So, Bill Graham, what are we talking about next week? Sure. So next week we are talking about uh, the wanting mayor. I guess. I'm sorry. What? It's the wanting mayor. It's it's a movie on VOD. Okay. On February fifth. That's that's the thing we're doing apparently. In yep. Witherin, a line of women pass a recurring dream through multiple generations. All right. You got me. You got me, the wanting mare. So look forward to that. Um, in the meantime, let's tell the fine people at home where we can be found between now and the next time we begin with our guests. Connor Donald, where can people find your work online? Uh, you can find me occasionally at the film stage. You can also find me on Twitter at scruffy looking. You can find the B side on Twitter and Facebook at TFS B side. We have some cool stuff coming up with that. We just, as of this recording this past week, we just released an episode on Marion Davies, which was a lot of fun. Mm. We were joined by Emily Kubankanik from film school rejects. She was great, brought some really awesome insight and, uh, our next uh, forthcoming episode, we're going to be doing one on Ewan McGregor. So keep an yes. eye out for that. Yes. Yes, Ewan McGregor. I cannot even imagine some of the great stuff you're going to be able to talk about there. Yeah, he's got, he's obviously got a few of them, but there, I think we've, we'll have a four, four movies that are, I think, a good, a good smattering of sort of different parts of his career. I was about to say, cause you gotta like, you gotta narrow that down to like between two movies or something. Like you can't just, <laughs> there's just too many options. I'm looking well, at it now. It's like Jane got a gun miles ahead. Yeah. There's in the desert. He was apparently in yeah, Mordecai. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. There, there's quite a bit. So we, we tried to, I think more often than not, Dan and I try to pick movies that are going to be ones that like, we're not going to immediately totally tear her apart. So if it's something like Mordecai, we're like, well, we're not going to do Mordecai. Right. Cause like, we're just, a, yeah, you know, it's like, why would yeah. you, that's not it. But, uh, but um, it's the seaside. It's the seaside. It's like just a deep, you know, something that we're, if we're going to automatically dunk on it, we just sort of have gotten to the, sometimes that happens on, on the show accidentally. Right. Where we're right. like, yeah, let's just yeah, do this one. The and host. then <laughs> right. And you just realize how bad it is. And you're like, Oh, well, sorry everybody. Right. But like, uh, but I think we've picked some ones. I won't tell you what they are, but we, I think we've picked some movies that'll be some fun to talk about. Well, so I mean, miles Ahead's a good movie. I have not seen Jane got a gun, but I love Gavin O'Connor. So I got to check that out. Man, I might have right. to, yeah, I'm going to have to, this is making me, maybe I'll, anyway, uh, Bill Graham, where can people find your shit online? 
Uh, you can find me on K- at CableBFG on Twitter, and then you can also find me on Billstagram on Instagram, where I post a lot of cute photos. And uh, what I will be doing for the next week is uh, shopping for inedible dog collars. You would um, hope that any dog <laughs> collar would be inedible, but you, you know, think, your, your dog has proven think, that when there's a will, there's a meal. Gar- or human garbage disposal. That's that's me. Um, <laughs> I guess she is a a uh, canine garbage disposal. She's like Nibbler go. from the Futurama. <laughs> sure. She poops dark matter. As for myself, uh, you can find my stuff on my personal site, BrianJerone.com. Uh, find my writing on the, uh, I almost said the Facebook.com, the Filmstage.com. And of course, I can be found on every social media site at Brian J. Rowan. Um, looking forward to next week when we talk about The Wanting Mayor. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us and tune in next week. This is how thoroughly this movie failed. There is literally a scene where two cops tail their suspect while that song plays, which should be catnip for me, and I still didn't like it.